You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at the third letter of John. The third letter of John. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in how many? All things and be in health just as your soul prospers. We've been talking about soul prosperity. It's so important to understand these things because we, as we've learned already, and we, this is now already part four, is that God has prepared great things for us. He says, I know the plans I have for you. They plans to prosper you. And so if there are plans to prosper you, it must be God's intention. And so the enemy will do everything he can to steal that from our lives. And the first thing he does is try to discredit the very concept of prosperity. I mean, once you've chosen, I mean, obviously the, the extreme is to deny that there's even a God. But let's say someone's born again and they choose to serve God. Well, that's fine, but I just don't want you walking in the full power of it. That's what the enemy is thinking. He wants to stop the power of the word in your life. And he'll do everything he can to try and steal the truth of that word. And one of the ways he does it is to discredit the very things that God puts into your life. And the way you do that is not by just simply saying, oh, that's a bunch of nonsense. It's distorting it. And when you distort something, even though it sounds there's an element of truth, if it's distorted then and you get a distorted picture of it, then it's easy to discredit it. Because the distortion sounds wrong. And, you know, anybody that's just thinking through something logically would say, but that doesn't sound right. But when you come to the truth of God's word, the truth expels all confusion. Because Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so the only reason we land up debating is because we got two opinions. But when you understand that there is only one truth... I may not always like it. I may not always even agree with it, but it still remains the truth. I still am held accountable to it. I mean, if I dropped off a 30-story building, I may not like the fact that there's gravity. I may deny gravity on my way down. I can bind gravity all the way heading for the earth, but gravity is going to keep working. Why? It's a truth. It's a fundamental truth. And there are fundamental truths in the kingdom of God. And we can understand that and instead of fighting with it, start to cooperate with it and work with it, you find that gravity is actually a good thing. It's to our advantage that it's there. But there are certain limitations that I have to work within to make sure it works effectively. So when we say prosperity, the easiest way to discredit that is by changing your voice. Oh, that prosperity message. You know, it's like, make it sound like it's a bad thing. No, prosperity is not just about money. And even when people are trying to discredit it based on money, are actually people that need money for their house, bonds, and their cars, and food. Everybody needs money. The Bible says money answers all things. How do you, you know that you do need finance? Even if someone says, I don't really need money, someone's paying their rent. Someone bought their food. Isn't that right? People say, I don't need any money. Yeah, but then they're still standing there. Can you have your burger, please? Isn't that right? 
No, everybody needs money, even if they're not getting it directly. So God knows you need things, but that should never be your priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Prosperity has got to do with every area of your life. It talks about your own spiritual life, your walk with Jesus, walking close with Him. It's talking about your physical body, being in good health. It talks about your relationships with people. There's so many different aspects to it. And then, of course, included in that would be your financial prosperity as well. So he says, I pray that you prosper in all these things. Be in health just as your And we've learned that the soul is the limitation. What we think. Your soul is who, the way you think, the way you reason things. You are a spirit being who has a soul. Don't confuse the two. You are a spirit who has a soul. Say that I am a spirit. I have a soul. It's my mind, will, and emotions. And I live in a body. So while we're in the earth, we're in this body. Our spirit being is what will continue to live for eternity. And with that spirit, we have our mind, our emotions, the way we think and reason. But we can never believe beyond what we reason within our thinking. If I don't think I deserve something, even if I get it in my life, somehow, even subconsciously, I will eject it out of my life. Even though in my mind, I would like to have it, but if I don't believe I deserve it, I will get rid of it. it. You only can go as far as what you believe. Remember Jesus, when he was healing that blind man, he says, Lord, can you help me? He says, do you believe I can do this? He said, yes, I believe. Then according to your faith, let it be done. So there's, it begins with that underlying belief system. And so we need to understand that. Otherwise, we always wonder why how come everybody else has got nice things and I never get there? How come everyone else is seeing their marriage is wonderful, mine's always falling apart? How come everybody else gets the good job, I never seem to get it? And this is what we're trying to answer here. Because Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. Not in your mind. Your mind can want something, but your heart's your inner man belief. That inner belief system can control who you are. And so... We saw in Matthew 15, verse 12, and this is what we're working with. His disciples came to Jesus and said, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? And he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. And then he says in verse 17, Do you not understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? Verse 18, Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, they defile a man. In other words, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's not what people do to us. It's very easy to blame other people. Uh, my boss doesn't see me, or my neighbor is prejudiced, or somebody came against me, somebody, everybody else stops me. Uh, I, I've got bad luck. We can always try and explain it away. But the word's very clear. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what you're speaking is creating your life around you. Now, that can either be an offense. The Pharisees were offended at the saying. Or you can say, if that's the truth, I can use it to my advantage. 
I can use that to my advantage because if what I say creates the world around me, I can change what I say. I can recreate the image that's inside of me. And that's what we see in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and the fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you be in evil? Speak good things. Listen to this. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Notice Jesus puts the responsibility of the good tree on us. He says, you make the tree good. It's not God that's going to make your tree good. Uh, the example that I used before is somebody comes and they need to have uh, their heart. They've been diagnosed with heart disease and they've had palpitations and and the doctor's diagnosed it and their heart is in a bad condition and they're going to have heart and they've been having like little heart attacks. And so we pray for the person and God heals him, gives him a brand new heart, the heart of a 20-year-old, brand new. But then six months later, dies of a heart attack. What happened? Well, he went back and kept eating the way he always was eating. Put all the junk back in that, well, that first messed up the heart. Can you see that? So it, it doesn't matter how much God wanted him healed, if he kept living his image and didn't change that inner image, then it's, it's the, it'll still destroy the heart again. And I'm using that as a practical example because that person can decide, you decide what you eat every day. I know we want to blame the devil. The devil made me do it. I've never seen the devil, you know, next moment there's a, there's a, there's a, a demon-possessed, a donut attacking you. I don't want to eat you. I don't want to eat you. I don't want to eat you. And someone walks in. You got a donut in you. Yeah, I didn't want to eat it, but it just it. it. No, no. You know. See, already now the Pharisees like. See, I'm dealing with your tree now. See, it, it, that comes from the inner man. That inner man believed. Now, the enemy has worked hard to put the wrong trees in there. Now, how does he do that? He gets the trees in through various processes. We're going to have a look at that today. And so, because it took so long to get that tree to grow, he will do everything he can to protect that tree within you. Because a tree is known by its fruit. And there's fruit coming out that we don't like, but the enemy made sure that it's there to make sure that he can destroy our lives. And so when someone starts messing with your tree, he's going to somehow, you've got to switch this preacher off. Switch him, switch him off. No, no, yeah. Look at him. Look, look he, even, he even looks like your, your, that, that guy that hurt you. He even looks, looks like, look, uh, he sounds like that, 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 that guy down the road. That, uh, you know that guy? I am not your problem. Amen. I'll say it again and again. Why? Because... We have to be listening for what Jesus is saying. Listen for the word of God. God wants to deal with your tree. I'm yet to help you. Okay, you can say amen. amen. Not everybody gets it, but you will get it over time. Just hang in there, tiger, and we will make sure you get there. So, look at verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. See, I can change that treasure. I can deposit what I need in my heart in order to bring forth the good things. And then verse 36, I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they'll give an account. 
in the day of judgment. By your words, by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. So, they were offended. Now, it's interesting to notice who was offended. The Pharisees. These weren't even the atheists. These were the ones that were commissioned to teach the Word of God. Yes? Now, who, who offended them? Jesus. Jesus is the Word. He's the author. If anyone knows the Word, it would be the Word. <laughs> he knows what he wrote and why he said it and why it's the Word. Isn't that right? So he comes out and he starts living that Word. And the people that are supposed to be teaching the Word get offended with the author based on what he's saying. You would think that you would recognize this is the author. Maybe if I've been teaching it wrong, tell me how to teach it right. But what's happened? They've got the wrong tree into them. And they want to keep the tree. The enemy is going to make sure they keep the tree. And the only way to do that is get offended. Now, family of God, the reason I'm saying it this way is because if the word, the very author of the word, the one who teaches the word is in person, talking to the person that's supposed to be teaching what he is teaching and they're offended with him, who do we think we are? When I'm taking what he's taught me and I teach the way he said it, don't you think other people are going to be offended by it? Why? And including yourself. We have to be cautious. The, I'm, I'm putting that out there because that's why we took time last time to have a look at Mark chapter 4. Because there are those different soils. Because when the word is spoken, the enemy is going to do everything he can to try and stop it. And the very answer that you need to set you free is right in front of you. The enemy can block it and make sure that you don't get it. And so we got to make sure that when I start seeing that, when I, when I get it, like I've said before, people have said things to me I don't always agree with. But I don't get offended over it. Why? I don't agree based on Scripture. I can, if someone says, you know, I believe this, but hang on, then you've got to explain these five Scriptures to me. And because those five Scriptures must still line up with what we believe. And if you can show it to me, and I've been wrong, I will change. But otherwise, I'm going with what it is written. Are you with me? But I don't get offended. When someone gets offended and feel like they've got to constantly defend what they believe, then that would say there's a problem there. There's a tree you're trying to protect. Amen. Tree doesn't have to prove it's an orange tree. It just goes, see? There's another orange. See? There's another orange. I'm an orange tree. You will know them by their fruit. And so we want to make sure we have the right tree within us. So how do these trees get into us in the first place? Everything enters into your life through seed. Everything. Whatever you have in your life came in as a seed. 
your very belief system. If I asked you what you believed, the reason you believe, if I, let's, let's flip that slightly and say, how many of you believe you know everything? You, you're absolutely 100% correct in all your opinions. No one could ever change your mind on any subject, anywhere you are. I mean, if God needed help, you could give him the day off because you know as much as him. Anybody? Usually I don't get a hand. If I do, we know that person needs prayer. So, by default, by admission, by not putting your hand up, you've admitted there could be something wrong in your life. But if I asked you, you'd have to think about it. What's wrong in your life? And we usually don't know because if we did know, we are either admitting to it and don't care or we want to work on it. Otherwise, I didn't know. How many times has someone said to me, you did this and you did that? Well, I apologize. I didn't know. Isn't that right? I wasn't being nasty on purpose. I just didn't know. That's ignorance. So we understand ignorance. But the problem with ignorance, that's just not knowing. Stupid is being ignorant on purpose. And I don't know about you. I don't want to be stupid. Isn't that right? So if I don't know something, then it's exposed. Don't get offended over that. Because by admission, I don't know everything. And one of the worst things about deceit is you don't know you're deceived. So when it's uh, spotlights put on it, then analyze it. And if you don't like what you're hearing, find out why you don't like it. But make sure if it is you believe you are right, then go back to the word and establish why you believe you're right. But if there's not correct, then I need to make the adjustment. And so we understand that everything that we have within us came into our lives as an initial thought that we nurtured either ignorantly or stupidly and over time became a tree and is now producing fruit. And even if we want to stop the fruit, it just keeps happening because there's a tree down there. So how did that seed get into my life in the first place? There's a number of ways that a seed can enter into your life. Number one is through authority figures. People we respect. Have you, have you noticed every baby, every child as it grows up, their daddy is their hero. They want to marry their mother. Isn't, isn't that right? I mean, that, 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 that parents can do no wrong. They know everything and whatever. It's just like every... And then, and then you go to school and you meet teachers. And then it's only as we grow up, then we start seeing, hang on, there's flaws. There's things that are wrong. We see that. But that authority figure, because it has such an influence in our lives, what they say, we believe. Why is it that a child... All of a sudden, you get these children that are using foul language. They, didn't, they weren't born with that foul language in them. They heard it from somewhere. And they heard it from people that were comfortable with it. No one ever saw it as wrong or bad, never spoke about it. Isn't that something we don't do? And so they will use it, but be totally comfortable with using it with no, with no guilt whatsoever. Because the authority figure 
that they were looking up to, they recognized something. So a wrong seed went in. Now the fruit's coming out. And if that's not dealt with, it will become an established tree. That's why some people are so hooked up where to them, corruption's normal. It's like, you know, if, 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 if something is open, it's there. First come, first serve, you know. It's a, if, if something's in my bank account, my bank account, my money. And, and no matter how much you try and say to them, no, there are things that go wrong and did it come to you legally and that is someone else's money. It might have gone on the way, but it bypassed your account. And they look at you like, so? Why? There's a tree. Are you with me? No one ever checked that as they were growing up. Maybe it was parents. Maybe it was the background. Maybe it was a community. Maybe things happen. And so now it's become a tree and not seeing that it's an error. And so for you, you may get frustrated and say, but it's obvious. And they go, no, because of that tree came out of authority figures, people they looked up to, people they respected spoke and it established that tree within them. Number two is through repetition. Repetition. Even though you may not want to believe something, if I say it often enough, often enough, and you keep listening to me, keep listening to me, I said often enough, often enough, eventually it'll change you. The world's figured this out. That's why they can advertise total junk, poison, legal poison. <laughs> Amen. Like, like in food substances and that. But if they just keep it in front of you, keep it in front of you, you know it's wrong, you shouldn't be drinking that. But keep it in front of you, keep it, just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. The next moment you're shopping and you don't even know why and it's in your, in your trolley. No, I really feel like one of those now. No, you didn't. It was put in front of you often enough. And so whatever's repeated over and over and over and over, you'll eventually buy into. Now you can use that to your advantage. Because the things that you do want in your life, you can do the same thing. Amen. And then there's the third way that seed enters in our life is through experiences. Through experiences. Uh, if, if you had a bad experience, let's say you had a major car accident on a certain uh, traffic signal intersection, you'll drive normally everywhere else, but you come to that intersection, you'll slow down. You'll do a double check. Because you had an experience there. And that's reminded you. And so without even doing it, subconsciously, you're double-checking that. Uh, you'll notice that certain parents are like overprotective over their children. They're going to see where the child is all the time. Where's the child? Where's the child? Where's the child? You'll find that, that there's somewhere in the background, there's an, there's an experience. Someone got hurt. Someone got lost. Somebody have And so... It's not that, that, that that's weird. It's just an experience that's created a tree. And so if somebody finds they're always afraid of something, they're always fearful of something, but it doesn't make sense. I don't know why I'm afraid of that. You'll find that somewhere as you were growing up, you had an experience that planted a seed, and you don't know why you're afraid of something, but that seed grew up to be a tree. And now that's constantly there. And those things can be dealt with as well. And then the fourth way is through exposure. Through exposure. What you continuously exposed to. Things you watch. Things you hang out with. Things that happen around you. And some of them 
you can understand the way I'm describing it. They, they can interlink. It could be, you know, the, obviously if you're exposed to something through a mentor, then that's going to cause a belief system to begin in you. And so it's very, very important to understand this because as you move forward, you understand that when you're a baby, when you're a child, you had no control over your inputs. Your parents were your parents, your teachers were your teachers, and the peer groups you hung out with just happened to be in that society, in that community. The, the group that you hung out with might have been a certain uh, you know, element, like maybe a gang or something like that. That, 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 wasn't, that was just the way you were born and you grew up, and now that's what was put into your life. But as you move forward, you can say, okay, that is now over. And I'm going to deal with how to get rid of that tree. Now, as I move forward, I want to make sure that I don't land up in the same situation again. And so we've got to make sure that we, that when you look at these four things, the authority figures, repetition, experiences, your exposure, is that you adjust your life. This is part of the eliminate is, is I've got I to gotta make sure that the things that have been putting the wrong seeds in me are stopped. I'm not going to allow that to be put into my life any longer. Uh, the Bible's very clear in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man. How many want to be blessed? How many want to walk in the full empowerment of God? This is, say, this is me. Of course, it's woman as well. Amen. Blessed is the person. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now listen to this. Does not stand in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. If somebody's always talking negative about the word of God, about what you're trying to believe, and they're always mocking the word. They're mocking Christianity. They're mocking your pastor. They're mocking your church. The Bible says, don't sit there. Don't sit there. See, family, th God, this is the thing about persecution. Is the enemy will work to wear you down. And I have to decide what's more important. The word of God in my life or pleasing this person. Because I've seen so many people because they want to please someone. Look, I, 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 but I love this person and I want to be close to them. But they're always on you about your belief and your pastor and your church. Yeah, but well, maybe, you know, I, I can still, I'll, I'll leave the church. I can still love the person. I can still be a Christian. At least I don't have them moaning about my church anymore. Maybe then I can influence them. No, that's exactly what the enemy does, is because he brings persecution for the word's sake. What happens? When you walk away, now the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, they begin to get in and they eventually choke the word. What you do believe will eventually be choked out. And it doesn't happen in the head, because if someone stopped you and said, are you a Christian? You would remember, yes. But the tree is now corrupted. And even though a person's trying to be a Christian, 
They keep struggling and battling and things keep going wrong and they land up losing their business and losing their income and they get sick and they're struggling, struggling, and don't know why. Because what's happened? The word input has been removed and so now the faith is no longer there. They remember they're Christians. They still believe God. They died. They probably go to heaven because that Jesus is their Lord. But they're unable to live the faith life. Because the only way to live the faith life is continuously have the Word of God implanted in a way that you know if, if, if you, how many of you know that sometimes things have to be done that, that, that hurt? Isn't that right? It's like the doctor saying, I apologize, this is going to hurt. You don't say, well, then don't do it. No, <laughs> they have to still do what needs to be done to fix you. Isn't that right? But if, if it was my choice, I would never go there. But then you've got to live with the impact of not being fixed. So I want to be in an environment. I'm not saying I'm yet to hurt you. I'm yet to help and encourage you. But I'm talking about challenging that tree within you. Saying, yes, I need to have that challenge. I need to have that faith implanted. I need to hear the word of God. I need to be reminded of what God has said. Even though I know what it says, plant that faith in me. Put that seed in me. Put that tree. I want that tree to grow up. That's the fruit that I want in my life. And he's saying, if you want to live that, then don't stay in the environment where people are mocking and scorning and speaking against what you're believing in. Hallelujah. Verse 2, the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Say the word of God. And in that word, he meditates Day and night. See, what's he doing? He's replacing the tree. He's, he's reading, he's listening, he's talking, he's speaking, he's listening to his pastor, he's listening to the CDs, the YouTube messages of, of Wisdom for Life. He's taking the Word of God. And what's he doing? He's replacing the tree. Look at verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. You want the right fruit, be in the right environment. And your leaf will not wither. And listen to this. And whatever you do will prosper. Why? Because the tree is good. And so the fruit is good. How many you want whatever you do to prosper? Then you need to make sure you're planted by the river. That's what this, this house is. It's a river of God's word. And you as a tree plant yourself here, you receive that river. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. It doesn't say good habits will change the evil person. No, it's the other way around. Evil company corrupts good habits. If you're making an omelet, and you're making it for a, like a large group of people and you've already put 20 eggs in there. That's a lot of eggs. And then put 21 in. And as you break it, you go, <laughs> that's a bad egg, but it's in the 20. You don't think, oh, there's 20 good ones. What? That one egg corrupted that whole bowl. Isn't that right? You've got to throw the whole lot out. That's something, it's a spiritual law, family. 
If we want to change society, we're going to have to make sure we walk in the fullness of God's Word. And we need to be going into a place as salt, as light. But I don't keep company. I don't allow evil company. I don't allow the wrong thoughts in my presence. Because if I keep it in, if I hold that close to me without the intention of teaching, of discipling, of changing, if I see nothing's happening yet, then I will withdraw and pray for that person. But I cannot keep that corruption in my presence because yeah, it says that evil company will corrupt good habits. Now notice it says, do not be deceived. See, it's a tree being challenged now. Proverbs 22, verse 24. Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go. Lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. We're talking about soul prosperity. What will trap my soul is when I hang around with the wrong people. Hello. If someone's with, if you're with someone who's always angry, always swearing, using the wrong language, and I mean, you love Jesus, and you're running a home cell, and singing the worship team, and serve the children's church, you're wonderful, and next moment something happens, and boop, out comes this word. You think, where did that come from? You're always around angry. Hello. Something that I learned in my life, I told you last week how I walked in anger. Something I had to deal with in my life. I had to get that, I had to root that tree out. Because I found that the more you practiced anger, the easier it was. The more you're willing to be angry, the next time it's easier. It's making a decision, I'm not going there anymore. I will not be part of that then I notice that when you're around angry people, it tends to get in. Then I realize, now I'm starting, why am I getting angry? Well, it's because they're angry. That's what the word's talking about. You don't want to learn that way. You don't want to be around the bad corruption. Hallelujah. And I get more amens. Is this helping anybody? Proverbs 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Now, I don't know about you. If, if, if I was, you know, Solomon's writing here and if he's poetic in it, you know, if I was a poet and I was writing, I would probably write it this way. A wise man, he walks with wise men will be wise and the companion of a fool will be a fool. Wise, wise, fool, fool. Isn't that right? That's not what he said. A wise man, if you walk with wise men, you will be wise. You're listening. It's going to convert you. Why? His fruit has got seeds. That seeds are going to get in you. And those seeds are going to produce the tree. But notice, the companion of fools doesn't make you a fool. It destroys the person. Destroys the person. That's something about weeds. Weeds don't produce anything good. Isn't that right? You have to nurture a fruit-growing tree. You have to prune it, fertilize it, make sure there's no weeds around it. 
But you notice when weeds take over, they don't care. There's whatever's in their path. They just destroy. Just, everything just gets grown over. Everything. The weed will conquer. That's what we're talking about here. Is you get the wrong person around you, it can land up destroying you. We don't want to do that. I said we don't want to do that. How do you say amen? So how am I going to be wise? Hang out with wise people. Make sure. Okay, Jesus. I've got to. Somebody once said, I can look at the five top people in your life. And I can. This, I can judge where you're going to land up going. So if I want to grow. I don't want to be the smartest of the five. Hello. I make sure I keep people around me, influencing me, that are always way ahead of me. I want to make sure I'm getting seeds of greatness in me. Amen. Proverbs 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Family of God, this world has got so many opinions. And if you've noticed just in the last five years, it's like it's gone on, on a on a speed wobble, just out of control. And this whole concept of what, this new way of what's right. And dare you speak against it. And you are considered the wrong person. And family of God, we cannot be influenced by that. Bottom line, you go back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? And you may have to stand up in the midst of your circle where everybody else has decided to go all on the one side and that's had their decision. But all of a sudden, you become the weird person. You have to make a decision. Why do I believe what I believe? God has spoken. It is written. The word of God is my foundation. And I want to succeed because at the end of the day, I don't stand in front of this crowd to judge me. They don't decide what my rewards are. I stand before one person and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to look at you and say, did you fulfill everything your friends expected of you? Or is he going to look at you and say, what did I give you? What does my word say? What did I call you to? Did you fulfill all my plans I had for you? I had great plans to prosper you and increase you and to multiply you. I had you reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you fulfill that? I want to have him looking in the eyes and say, Lord, I did everything I believe you called me to do. And you say amen to that. And so it made mean I'm going to have to excuse myself from this group. And stay with the group that sees the yes and amen. See, Jesus said, you'll leave fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters for my sake. But in doing that, 
you'll gain a hundredfold. Hallelujah. Yes, my brothers. Yeah, my sisters. Even Jesus did that. And his mother and his brothers were starting to rumble about whether, you know, he was really the guy or not. And then they, he was in a meeting. And so mom arrived and said, go fetch your brother. And they're going, mom's waiting outside for you. He says, these are my brothers. Right here. All these. The ones that hear the word and do the word. This is your family. I said, this is your family. And I'm not saying that you need to turn off family or turn away from family. Don't misread what I'm saying. This is not a cult. You decide for yourself. What I am saying, pray for your families. Pray for your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your aunts, all those people that may have a problem with you and the word that you believe. Pray for them that they be saved. Amen. But make sure you're in the right environment to receive the right word of God. Does this help somebody today? Come on, let's give Jesus praise for his word. Come, let's stand together. Place your hand on your heart, lift your other hand to the Lord and say this. Today, I heard the Word of God. That Word has brought life to me, faith to my heart. And I am a hearer and a believer, not a doubter. And as a hearer, I'm also a doer. And I make a quality decision today. God has placed me in a family where I receive the living word of God that implants seeds of his trees that will produce the fruit he desires to see in my life. I refuse the wrong fruits, the wrong seeds, and every tree that God did not place in me, I remove in the name of Jesus. I make sure that I keep good company, company, that speaks the word, declares the word, believes the word, lives the word. And I receive that in my life today. And as I do, I keep myself by the rivers of living water. My tree will grow up, produce great fruit, and everything I do will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, give Jesus praise for his word.